Hi, everybody. Todd Conklin. Before we get started, I thought I would talk to you about this next little podcast. I've been trying to do this podcast for probably two weeks. And for some reason, I'm hesitant. But I don't think the reason I'm hesitant is the right reason to be hesitant. So I think I should do this podcast because I actually think this podcast has much to tell us. I don't know about you. But the most recent shooting at the high school in Parkland, Florida, has really bothered me a lot. And I think, well, the shooting itself is terrible. We'll talk about that. But I think one of the things that's bothered me the most is how we retrospectively are understanding this event and really every other event that happened, the Vegas shooting, um, any of them. They're all terrible. There was one in Aztec, New Mexico, for goodness sakes. The idea that we can somehow look for and seek a person or person to blame, I think moves us away from understanding and actually getting to a point where we can improve this idea of mass killings. Blame is really powerful, and you see it. You really see it in this recent one because this idea that somehow some group of people Failed is really powerful. So you've heard me say this a bunch of times, and you'll probably hear me say it a bunch more times. But if you're counting on the worker, truly the last line of defense to stop a problem before it kills or destroys or hurts somebody, that means all the rest of your processes, your policies, procedures, your safety management system, your leadership, your organizational stability, your reliability, and your resilience failed. We've talked about this before, but that's really going to be important for this conversation. Hi, everybody. I'm Todd Conklin. This is the Pre-Accident Podcast, and we're going to have a little discussion today uh, about society. And as much as I want to make this a political discussion, I'm going to work really hard not to. And so if I can work really hard not to, I guess the uh, request I have for you is that when you listen to this, work really hard not to make it a political discussion in your head. Let's talk entirely about this from a systems two standpoint. Let's understand and discuss, at least in this initial little podcast, what's going on here from a system standpoint. And and that's important. I've been really concerned, not just by the amount of mass shootings, but that's certainly as uncomfortable as you can possibly get. But I've been concerned by the retrospective way we look at these mass shootings after they happen. And and it's true, they spin almost immediately into this kind of emotional response. And and they probably should be emotional responses. So we're going to deal with that. But in our zeal to deal with the emotional part of this response, I think it takes us away from the problem. And, And the problem is, is that if we count on teachers with guns, or school safety officers, or hardened schools, doesn't that tell us at some level 
that every other part of this problem, the policy part, the social part, the community part, the laws and regulations, doesn't that tell us those all failed? Aren't we counting on the last single line of defense as our primary defense? And shouldn't we ask other questions around this before we jump to conclusions? Anytime you have a problem like this, anytime, there's a a strong tendency to oversimplify the problem. And when the problem has extremes to it, um, those oversimplifications go in two directions. You can either extremely oversimplify by saying the problem is the gun or extremely oversimplify by saying the problem is the person. But we know, because we talk about this all the time, you and I, that complexity has many facets that are tightly coupled. And this is not a simple problem, even though on the news I've heard a million times, it's simple, it's simple, it's not simple. It's actually a very complex problem. And with it comes all of those tight couplings that we talk about and have talked about for a lot of times. And when you look at them and you think about these tight couplings, you start to realize that this problem isn't served well when it's simplified. And in fact, our need to simplify this, I think, makes it emotionally palatable. Is that the word I want? We can can stand it if we know for sure there's an enemy or for sure there's a problem or for sure this is the fault of whomever the fault is. But it it bothers me. And, And what bothers me, and there's a lot, but is the approach this most recent mass shooting has taken towards the um, failure of law enforcement to effectively predict this and prevent it. Now, the difference between the word predict and prevent become important because we're relatively good at preventing things if we can predict things. The problem is, is we're not very good at predicting things. And in retrospect, well, everything's obvious once it happens. So in retrospect, all the, the multitude, the, the 38 chances they had to stop this shooter before he took action, those are crystal clear retrospectively. And those are important pieces of data. We shouldn't ignore the fact that the prediction failed in this case. But blaming this on a lack of prevention is really saying we're blaming it on a lack of prediction. And if we dutifully investigate and then write our response, our corrective action laws, rules, regulations, our, our reasons, the, the, the existential Nietzschean need to explain what happened on a failure to prevent this event or a failure to predict this event really – then what happens is we dutifully will focus on counterfactuals and we will do a deep dive investigation into how we failed to predict this event and really not deal with the conditions that existed that probably created this event. There is no cause. Uh, A cause is really attractive, but in this case, it's not a very good argument. There is no cause. I mean, you can blame society, you can blame mental health, you can blame marginalized people, you can blame a lack of coping skills, you can blame availability of weapons, but none of those in and of themselves are causal. 
it's the combination of all of those things that make this problem very, very interesting. And, and our challenge is, is to really move beyond the failure to predict, failure to prevent argument. Even though it's appealing and important, and I think it's satisfying emotionally, if anything could be satisfying emotionally in this case, it, it's not very helpful. Uh, the question we ought to ask, and it's a really good question to ask, is how did we get to a place where this outcome in a movie theater or in a church or in an outdoor arena in Las Vegas or in a school, pick anywhere, this outcome is possible? What conditions have to exist to create an environment where this can happen? And once we dutifully really look at the conditions that have to exist, and of course it's going to deal with mental health, but we have to be so careful because the vast majority of people with mental health issues don't shoot people. So now we're at a marginalized component of mental health. Of course it deals with the availability of weapons. There's no question that an AR-15 or an assault rifle probably is is it should be a very very difficult weapon to get and and really i think you can make a pretty good case that for civilian use for civilian ownership i don't know why it even exists i mean that, that that's a really important part of it of course it deals with our ability to detect and notify of course it deals with background checks that, that that's a big part of the conditions that must exist as well of course it exists with law enforcement response of course it deals with the availability and access that we have towards public places but the argument that somehow because schools are gun-free zones and that means shooters are attracted that that argument is simply one condition among many, many conditions that have to coexist in order to create an environment where this failure is possible. And our zeal to understand this as, as a single failure in judgment, a, a, a moral judgment against, in this case, law enforcement, a moral judgment in, in this case against the sheriff of Broward County, it's attractive and it's clean and it's seductively simple but it's wrong. And the reason it's wrong is not a moral argument or a political argument, although we could have both. The reason it's wrong is because it oversimplifies and stops our thinking. And ultimately, my challenge to you and everyone else is the thinking. I don't think we're thinking about this problem correctly nor enough. And I think we've not built a question that's going to get us to an answer that will actually help us improve. Now, you know, anytime something happens in your organization, you have sort of two choices. You can get better or you can get even. You can learn and improve or you can blame and punish, but it's hard to do both. This is an example of that. It's hard to do both. It's really hard to do both because the zeal to blame and punish, the emotional satisfaction to blame and punish is super powerful, but it doesn't help us get better. It helps us explain how the last event happened and will dutifully create laws and regulations and corrective actions. At least I hope we will this time to solve the last shooting. 
but the last shooting's already happened. I think what we have to fixate on is the next shooting. And the energy that these kids in Parkland High School have had around this argument, for bad or for good, for right or for wrong, whichever political side you take, this energy is forcing a new question. In fact, what it's doing is it's forcing a very, very stable system, a system that doesn't want to deal with this, a system that's really found oversimplification to be very, very effective. It's forcing this system to ask a deeper set of questions in a different way. And this is a true example of accountability, at least so far at the time I recorded this, because they're holding to account the way society responds to this shooting. But they're not doing it. Listen to them. They're not doing it in a backwards-looking way. They're not looking for blame. They're actually doing it in a forward-looking way. They're asking, who is accountable to make this better? Who will help us restore our public places, our schools, our churches, our concerts, our malls, Who will help us restore those to a place where we can be safe again? How will it happen? And who is responsible? We count on them and they count on us. And that shift in the discussion is appealing and certainly interesting to watch and emotional. But what it really is, is it's a way to bust through the retrospective bias we have because after a shooting happens, we know exactly who failed and we can blame them and we can hold them to account and we can punish them. But all we've done is really emotionally satisfied the last shooting that happened. And we haven't really focused on the next shooting. This problem is a complex problem. It's not a simple problem. This is a problem that will have consequence, both intended and unintended. This is a problem that because we refuse to simplify, people will get emotional and angry and pissed off, and they'll respond negatively. This is a problem that has to deal with the conditions that need to be present in order for this failure to happen. How can we change this? Well, we can change it by changing the conditions. Looking at all the places where these problems intersect with one another to create an environment where the most extreme, most unacceptable outcome, an outcome that's almost entirely American, it's weird, but other cultures don't have this. And in understanding other cultures that don't have this, I think what we're forced to look at is not motivations and not politics and not moral truisms, but conditions. Why is it harder for this to happen in some places than it is in other places? Which takes me to the last argument, which I think is kind of an interesting argument, which is the rules we create moving forward won't solve all problems. Well, of course they won't solve all problems. We're not going to solve crime. We're not going to solve all shootings. But we are going to make an incremental improvement 
one step at a time, one day at a time, one community at a time, one person at a time. And the idea that either it solves everything or we do nothing, well, that's not an answer. Because doing nothing in this case, doing nothing is the worst possible response we can have. And you know this. If this happened in your organization, in your company, you would not do nothing. You would do something. And you would do something very quickly, but hopefully you wouldn't respond to the oversimplification and retrospective knowledge that you have immediately, you would learn. You would analyze, you'd understand, you would talk to people, and you would learn. And you would ask this question, how can we create an environment where it's hard for a mass shooting to happen and it's easy for us to intervene before it takes place? That's our challenge. You can look at it a couple ways. You could be angry. That's fine. I don't care. You could not be angry, and then you're probably dead, and what's wrong with you? But ultimately, we have to look at the conditions that exist. And in my mind, one of the first conditions that we ought to look at is the availability of these weapons of mass killing. Uh, And we should ask this question. Do we need that to be easy? Because if it's easy, then what we give up is the ability to actually make that difficult to do, to own, to have, to use. That's really what our challenge is. And, and a systems view of this, even though this discussion is not very long and may not even make any sense, It's an opportunity for us to move beyond the immediate response that somehow law enforcement failed to predict this, and so therefore this happened because of the law enforcement failure of prediction. If we we investigate how we failed to predict and prevent this, then what we're missing is the opportunity to look forward. When something like this fails, my most valuable tool is this. Instead of asking who failed, ask what failed. That will take you to a different answer. And that's really where we are in this discussion. That's the podcast for today. Uh, Learn something new every single day. Try to have as much fun as you possibly can, although today that doesn't seem to fit very well. And for goodness sakes, be safe. Good goes around and around and around. Good goes around and around.